everybody. Welcome back to Looking for the Real God. This is Christy Lynn Wood. Today we're starting a series on reconstructing our faith. And we're going to begin with talking about revival, awakening, and meeting God for ourselves. So by now, most of you have probably heard about what's been happening at Asbury University in Kentucky. Almost two weeks ago, on a Wednesday, they had a chapel service that just didn't end. At the conclusion of the chapel service, they invited anybody who would like to continue to pray or worship to just come on up front. And a handful of students came up to continue repenting and confessing and praying and singing. And as the day went on, more and more people trickled into the auditorium until pretty soon it was full again. And the chapel service continued, student-led, nothing special, nothing fancy, just lots of praying, confessing, repenting, sharing testimonies of the things God had been doing in their lives, lots of singing, and it just continued. And over the days and days that followed, people have been talking about it. People have been going out of curiosity and YouTubing it. People have put it up on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, and it's become kind of this thing. It's also spread to other universities in the area, and more students are gathering to pray and sing and confess and repent. People are getting saved, trusting Jesus as their Savior for the first time. And it's very interesting. Thoughts about this revival or awakening have been varied, depending on who you talk to. And it's interesting the groups that have been quiet and silent about it. There's an article that I read that I'll link in my show notes talking about how many of the conservative Christian leaders who have called for revival over the years are not mentioning anything about what's happening at Asbury. And it doesn't really fit the agenda that they have. Their definition of revival is closely linked with Christian nationalism. It's about you changing and you repenting and you becoming more like me. It's not about personal confession, (laughs) repentance, and change. Another group that's been noticeably quiet about this is the deconstructionist movement. People who just want to deconstruct and deconvert their faith. How do you deal with this if you're somebody who's decided that this is all fake and yet here is this crazy weird thing that's going on where people are supposedly actually encountering God? Also doesn't exactly fit your agenda. And so it's interesting to me to see who has been quiet about this and who is talking about it. And I was already planning on starting a series on reconstructed faith. But I think this is really honestly where we have to start. If we're going to reconstruct our faith, most of us who'd think that it's worth reconstructing think it's worth it because we've found something real. We found something real enough to rebuild. That's my experience. And I know that it's many of your experiences, like in the midst of the craziness and the religion and twisted scriptures and legalism and whatever else we've been through, there was something, there was someone that we met that felt real. We know that it's more than just a religion, a philosophy, an idea. It's more than just having this correct theology, whatever that means, that it's a person, that it's a being, that someone changed things, that someone changed us. And he is worth rebuilding our faith for. He's worth rebuilding our faith around. And so I think this is why I am excited 
about what's happening at Asbury and at the other Christian college campuses and even non-Christian college campuses as it's spreading. Because people are experiencing something. They are finding something real, something that they can't explain. And guys, this enchantment, which is the old-fashioned word for it, is a beautiful thing. Without this inexplainable experience, what are we rebuilding? Just another set of ideas? Another set of beliefs that we are deciding what's true and what's not true? When we encounter a living presence, that changes everything. The first initial days of the Asbury Revival, I've been intrigued by this for days. I've been watching it. I've been following it on the socials. I've been looking up articles about it. I'm just very intrigued, um, probably mostly because something similar, but on a much smaller scale, happened to me back in the cold days at one of our youth retreats. And so I'm just intrigued about where this is going and you know what's going to happen. So I've been following it. And at first, everybody who went to the revival and was talking about it, said that it was just really characterized by this sense of calm and peace, that it was very simple. There was nothing extra that was happening. There wasn't any even any words up on the screens. It was just very organic. It was student-led as people felt led to sing a song or as they felt led to give a testimony or felt led to share scripture or felt led to pray. That's what was happening. It was just kind of very simple, organic. And everyone said it was just very peaceful. And as I looked at clips and videos online, that's exactly what I saw. It's exactly what I felt. And I was super pumped about that because that to me just said, this is really God. There's no hype. There's no person trying to make this happen. There's nobody trying to make you feel emotions or manipulate you at all. It's just this very simple, calm, organic peace. The last few days, I've seen some clips that were not as exciting or encouraging. There were some things that people were throwing up. You know what? Revival attracts people, and some of the people that it attracts are not necessarily the greatest kind of people. Like, there's a lot of really uh, crazy, kooky Christians out there that um, believe some wacky things, and they're being drawn to this too. They want the experience, and I don't know what else they want or why they're there, but they were coming. And I saw some clips on socials about some people who were just saying some pretty weird things, and even some pretty weird things that were being done there, and it did not feel quite as peaceful. It felt a little more chaotic and a little more Christianese and a little, uh, I was a little frustrated, <laughs> kind of sad Friday when I saw this and I was feeling about it. But it's interesting, Asbury has decided to kind of make some rules and some guidelines for how this is going to go as it moves into almost the second, actually it's been the second week, so it's almost the third week. And they, I love what they're doing because they're really closing down the chapel to most visitors. They have a few times of the day that it's open to anybody, but for the most part, they're making it just for 25 and under. And guys, that is beautiful to me. It's beautiful because these are the kids who are really truly seeking God. These are the kids that it started with. And these kids don't have the same agendas and twisted ideas and just junk that some of these adults were bringing. And so I love that they are making this about the students again. And they're telling people, if you want to come and you want to experience this, like here's your off-site locations you can go to. And I don't know. I'm just really pleased by that. It just makes me very happy that they're protecting just the students from weird adult Christians, um, for lack of a better word. There's just so much out there, guys, that's so twisted and so screwed up and just so fake. And I'm just really pleased that they are doing that. They're just following those guidelines that they have. And I'll link those in the show notes, too. There's a lot of debate 
about whether this is real or not. And different groups of people really feel that it's very real. Other groups of people feel like it's not real. There's good, there's bad, etc. And guys, we live in a broken world. And so there's going to be bad things that happen in the midst of an awakening by God. There's going to be things that are twisted. People are going to say things that aren't quite right, stuff like that. But I cannot deny the fact that God is at work, that he is moving in lives of young people. It does not surprise me at all that he is moving in the lives of Gen Z because so many of us, I'm kind of in between millennial and Gen X, but so many of us in this older generations are just so cynical, so burned, so frustrated, and so content to just believe our own beliefs. Like we think we're right and they're wrong and we're just going to do our thing and tell them they're wrong and just really be obnoxious about it. And I feel like Gen Z is just younger and they have less life experiences to be cynical about. They have more of just a pure heart for God, a desire for him. They're not going to be as skeptical and as just entrenched in their own ideas. And I love this. I love that he's moving. I love that he is waking people up, that he's drawing them to himself. It's beautiful. So guys, we can have the correct theology. That's the thing. Like People are like fighting about all this correct theology. Us older people, us people who should know better, but yet we're so stuck in our own ways. And our black and white thinking and our black and white minds of it's us versus them. It's me versus you. It's I'm right and you're wrong. And then when the Holy Spirit shows up like this in a way that we can't explain, um, what are we supposed to do? Some of that might change. Some of our ideas of what's right and wrong and good and bad and the way it's supposed to be, like maybe that's going to change in the presence of the Holy Spirit and things that we can't explain. And as he just moves in the way that only he does, convicting us of sin and of righteousness and of judgment and bringing us to the feet of our Savior. I love what's happening because it was encountering the presence of God that changed my life that drew me out of the false ideas in my cult that I was in, that drew me to a very real savior, a very real God, helped me to recognize the fact that the God I was being taught about and the God that I knew weren't the same God. It was knowing that God that's drawn me and held me through my life, through other bad, horrible things that have happened, through other seasons of spiritual abuse, through just loss and heartache. And it's that very real presence of God right now that just enables me to even just do my podcast and write and stuff like that as I'm leaning into him and asking for wisdom and and just understanding and words and all that kind of stuff. Like he is so real. And I think that many of us, like if Asbury was closer, plus trust me, I would have been in my car, but it was like seven hour drive. And I was like, I really can't do that this weekend. I don't have time. But so many of us long for this connection with God. We long for this place where we've had this experience with him. And I guess I just want to remind you guys, like, we don't need to go someplace to have an encounter with the living God. He doesn't live at Asbury any more than he lives right there where you are listening to this right now. In your car, in your living room, in your bedroom, wherever you are right now, he is just as real and just as present there as he is at the chapel at Asbury. We just don't often take the time to recognize that. And I don't think that it's he suddenly becomes real. I think it's we recognize his reality. We stop and are quiet and just choose to have faith in the truth. That he is who he says he is. That he is with us. And that we have that connection restored through Jesus Christ. I believe with all my heart in a God who is real, real. 
in ways that I can't explain. And I believe in a God who wants to be found. That he has done everything necessary to be found. And yet he allows us to close our eyes and plug our ears and hide and ignore him. And, and yet he is so close. If we just reach out our hand blindly, groping in the darkness, the Apostle Paul says in Acts 17, we will encounter him. He's that close. He wants to be life-changing. Not in the big, showy, hypey, emotional, like whatever kind of way, but in the real, in the quiet, in the gentleness, in the whispers of changing our lives. And I think that it is this genuine, gentle reality that we're looking for. It's everyday stuff, like rolling out of bed and grabbing a cup of coffee and sitting down with your journal and just acknowledging him as God. It's taking time to just be silent in the car as you drive and asking him to speak, just acknowledging his presence. It's stopping a little bit of the hustle and bustle and noise and craziness of our lives and just taking time to recognize him. It's getting into the word of God for ourselves and seeing which parts are actually in there and which parts we've been lied to about. And it's a million little tiny things every day where he just draws us to himself. We don't have to be any special place. We don't have to be any special person. We just have to sit quietly and allow him to be who he is. Guys, revival in our heart looks like humility. Looks like recognizing that we're wrong. Repenting of that wrongness. Being humble and willing to learn from others, to listen. Looks like peace, quietness, not having to be the one who's seen all the time or the one who's recognized. Looks like service. Looks like gentleness. Looks like Jesus. We long for revival, for awakenings, for God to move and be real because we were made for a connection with him. We were created in the garden by him, for him, to be known and to know, to be one. And sin broke all that. And Jesus came to restore all that. And we get to have the Holy Spirit with us and we get to live with God forever. This is the crazy story of Christianity. The story of God and people. So I just want to encourage you guys. If your heart is feeling skeptical and cynical, that's okay. Can you bring that skepticism and cynicism to Jesus? Can you sit quietly with the Holy Spirit and ask those questions? Can you be okay with not knowing all the answers? Can you let God love you in your brokenness without trying to be good? Can you let him adore you right where you're at and pick through the junk with you instead of having to try to figure it out and get it all together? Can you acknowledge him as real, real? I hope so, because this is the beginning. This is the beginning of a faith reconstructed. It's the beginning of an encounter with the living presence of the God of the universe. And guys, this is where it all starts. If all you have is religion and good ideas and you've never actually met God, then you're missing something huge. He wants to be found and he wants to meet you right now, right where you're at, in a way that's tangible and real. 
And so that's my prayer. That's my prayer for all of us. That's my prayer for the people who are experiencing this awakening at the different colleges. That's my prayer for those of us who are watching online and trying to figure out what's really going on. My prayer is that we would meet God. We would encounter a presence that we can't explain. Our faith would be strong enough to believe and that we would learn from him truth versus falsehood, lies versus reality. That we would grow in our relationship with him every day until he comes back. Because that's going to happen soon too. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Until next time, keep searching. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would love to have you join me over on my website at christylynnwood.com. For more content, free resources, and opportunities to connect with a community of people who are looking for the real God.